Hello, all, and welcome to the Three Got Game Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and we are doing another remote podcast today. Uh, we're all at each other's houses. I'm not in Florida this time. I wish I was, but I'm not. But I got my co hosts here, Matt and G. How are you guys doing today? Um, good, Ryan. Good. A uh, beautiful day. I'm glad it's starting to get warmer around here. You know, dreary Connecticut can be. Um, a good day. Beautiful weather. How about you, Matt? I've had bad weeks. Uh, Celtics lost three in a row. Uh, they're not looking good going into the playoff game, or the playing game. So, yeah, buddy, it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. I've learned to let go, buddy. I'm just letting it go now. <laughs> That's okay, guys. It, it'll get better. It'll get better next season. Next season. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's uh, move on. Um, so this past Wednesday, the uh, the schedule for the NFL released. I'm excited. I, I know you guys are too excited. So we're going to – we got the chance to look over the schedule. We got to see the games. Uh, what would you say your most intriguing game of the season would be? Uh, G, let's start with you. Okay, well, there's a couple of different scenarios that have to play out for this, um, depending on the Rodgers situation. Now, solely for week one, I would go Browns-Chiefs. If we're just going opening week, I think that's the best game on the schedule. I like what the Browns did this season, and that opening week game is going to be amazing. Two Super Bowl contending teams. And if Rodgers indeed stays, I love the Packers-Chiefs matchup. These two can finally meet. As we know, a couple years ago when the Packers played the Chiefs, Mahomes was hurt. So that would be some fireworks. And, you know, if if Rodgers is not there, then my intrigue and probably most people's intrigue is going to be week four, Bucks, Patriots, just because of the storyline. And I don't know if you guys saw those tickets, but they're going for about a grand a pop in uh, nosebleed. So, you know, people are going to be lining up to watch that Belichick versus Brady showdown. Matt, how about you? Well, the most intriguing game to me, I know as a resident Patriots fan on three-guy game, you guys are thinking I would pick the Buccaneers-Patriots. But I don't think, in my opinion, this is a good matchup for Patriots just because they're a run-based offense, and the, that Buccaneers' run defense is unstoppable. Like, they haven't give, given up 100 yards to a running back last year other than Dalvin Cook, who barely got over that mark. But to me, the most intriguing game, Week one, Browns Chiefs. I think that I think both teams improved a lot, especially the Browns. Uh, they got a lot of pass rush. Their secondary is great, and obviously we'll go over that a little more as we go on. But to me, Browns Chiefs. How about you, Ryan? Um, yeah, that's a good pick. I'm gonna go uh, a little bit deeper into the schedule. Uh, week five, it's gonna be Bills at Chiefs Sunday night. This is a rematch of the AFC Championship last year. Uh, I thought both teams were really well coached, and both teams both had plenty of talent, but the Chiefs came away. I think the Bills get revenge on this one uh, as they uh, go to uh, Kansas City and beat them. Uh, But it's also like, you know, the fifth game in, teams are starting to warm up uh, with their, their players, starting to get used to everyone. And I feel like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, they'll light it up through the air. Defenses will you know, show their stuff. And it could be another possible playoff game uh, this coming season. So you never know. I'm excited to watch the game. Hear that. Yep. All right. And let's uh, – moving on. Uh, 
so I know we're all different fans of different teams. Matt, you, you, uh, you follow the Patriots. G, you follow the Packers. I follow the Jets. By looking at your schedules, what would you be your schedule prediction for the year? You know, your record and um, all that other stuff. Uh, G, we'll start with you with the Packers. Well, as you guys know, again, I'm going to give you two different predictions. <laughs> one <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers and one without Aaron Rodgers. With the Aaron Rodgers-led uh, Packers, I'll go game by game. Um I think we'll beat the Saints. I think we'll beat Detroit to start 2-0. Uh, traveling West Coast to San Fran, I think we'll drop that game um, to be 2-1. and one. Then the Steelers and Bengals will pick up a couple wins, 4-1. and one. I also think that um, we'll beat the Bears week six, um, mostly because I still think Dalton is probably going to be starting, and I – you know, they lost some key pieces. You know, I don't want to dis- uh, disrespect our division rivals, and we've been owning the Bears the last few years. So, probably take that one, five and one. Uh, home Washington, six and one. And then I look at um, the Cardinals. I'm going to give us a loss there. We struggle with running quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray is as mobile as they come. Uh, they have a revamped team, you know, adding J.J. Watt and um, – you know, another year in the system for Kyler with Clinksbury. I think he's going to take a leap, and, you know, it's not going to be good for us that game. I think we'll drop the Kansas City game as well. So let's see if that puts a 6-1. Six, 6-3. Six um, I think we'll beat Seattle at home. I think we'll beat Minnesota. I think we drop the game to the Rams. Uh, beat the Bears. Lose to the Ravens. And then beat Cleveland, Minnesota, and Detroit. So I think that comes out to twelve and five with Rodgers and the skinny. If Jordan Love is playing, I got us around uh, five and twelve, six and eleven. And you know, I, I know you know it sounds pessimistic, but I think Aaron Rodgers is is, is significantly better uh, than Jordan Love. Not to say the kid doesn't have talent, but I think he struggled a little bit. Last year for reports, you know, didn't do too well in practices. I mean, a lot will be riding on how he does in the preseason. Maybe we'll get a better look at him. But I think um, people forget how much Aaron means to Packers. And, you know, the couple years that he's missed significant time, we have not done well. So, you know, if he misses time, I expect us to be pretty much bottom of the barrel, unfortunately. And plus the schedule is it's hard for us. I believe we are a top four hardest schedule in the league this year, according to statistics so it doesn't work in our favor so 12 and 5 with Rodgers 5 and 12 6 and 11 without him all right all right we'll see we'll see you never know Matt how about you and your Patriots so I'll go game by game as well starting the Dolphins at Patriots I think Patriots will take this one week one at home and then week two is going to be a bye I mean sorry against the Jets sorry Ryan uh should be (laughs) Should be a pretty easy win. Um, it's whoa, Bill whoa, Belichick whoa. against a, it's Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. You know how much success he's had against that, so I think they'll take that one. Week three against the Saints, I think Patriots will take that one. It's at Gillette. Jameis is a question mark, especially especially with his turnovers. But obviously, we'll see by then how much he'll improve in that Sean Payton offense. Week four against Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Unfortunately, I think they're going to lose that game, not because of Tom Brady, because of that Bucks run defense, as I pointed out earlier. 
Week five against Texans, I think they should take that one. Week six against the Cowboys, I think they're going to drop that one. I think Cowboys are, are a very improved team. They got an explosive offense when healthy. So, so unfortunately, I think they're going to drop that one. Week seven against the Jets again, I think they'll take that one. Week eight, Chargers, that's going to be tough. I don't think they're going to win that one, especially out in L.A. and improve Justin Herbert and a much, uh, much better offensive line from last year. And week eight against the Panthers, I think they should take that one. Week nine against the Browns, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to win that one. I think Browns are too stacked talent-wise. Week 10 against the Falcons, I think they should take that one. Week 11 against the Titans. I think they should take that one. Week 12 against the Bills. Unfortunately, I think they're going to lose that one. I think the Bills have a lot of continuity, and we saw how much they struggled against them last year. Week 13 against, and then against the Colts. I think they're going to drop that one as well. I think the Colts are, are too talented, especially on both sides of the ball. And then against the Bills again. I just can't see them beating the Bills. Bills, so unfortunately, I think they're going to drop that one. And the Jaguars should be a piece of cake. And then the Dolphins in Miami, that's been Patriots' night. That's been the Patriots' kryptonite the past 20 years. They never do well out in Miami, so unfortunately, I think they're going to split the Dolphins and lose that in Miami. So I, my prediction, their final record is going to be 8-9. and nine. All right. Interesting. All right. So, Ryan, what do you think about your Jets? Okay. I have a Jets schedule. So, we got our first game at the Panthers. We just traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers. It's going to be an interesting game. And, you know, I'm a Jets fan, but I love Darnold. I think we should have never traded him. So, I hope that the Panthers crush the Jets. So, that's going to be our first loss of the season. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Uh, second game, we have home against the Patriots. Um, I know Matt said that, you know, Bill Belichick t- handles rookie quarterbacks very well, but I think that the Jets will come out firing and win this game. It'll be surprising, but I think they win. I think later on in the season, the Patriots will win the second one. We got third game at the Broncos. Uh, I think that the Broncos offense will struggle a little bit. I think we get revenge from last year and win that game. We are home against the Titans. We lose. We go to London and face the Falcons away. We go with a win because the Falcons, I feel like, still are struggling. Uh, We face the Patriots away. That's a loss. We go home against the Bengals. That's a win. Bengals didn't do anything to protect Joe Burrow. You know, our defense line will kill him. Uh, We go away at the Colts. That's a loss. Bills home. That's a loss. They're a very good team. Uh, I'm interesting to see how Carson Wentz plays for the Colts. Uh, we are home against the Dolphins the next game. We, I put that as a win. Texans at the Texans, it's a win. Eagles home, win. Get a little winning streak, but last five games, it's going to be a struggle. We play home against the Saints. Sean Payton, Jameis Winston, I think they beat us with a loss. At the Dolphins, loss. Jags home we win, Bucks home we lose, 
and Bills away, we lose, and we end with a eight and nine record. That's so, that's optimistic, but it's, it, I'm always optimistic about the Jets, but I always get let down. <laughs> no, no, hey, listen, man, you never know. I mean, I like what you guys have done. Um, mm. Also, just a quick tidbit: I know Matt uh, mentioned Bill Belichick against you know rookie quarterbacks. A stat for you guys: Bill Belichick. Since taking over the reins in New England, two thousand is twenty-two and seven versus rookie quarterbacks, and get this, a perfect thirteen and zero when he's at home. So just something to remember, you know, yeah. guy does really well against rookie quarterbacks. He does. Yeah, he knows how to expose him. Mm-hmm. Sir, all right, uh, let's move on. Uh, still sticking with the NFL. Uh, who do you guys think the most improved? team over the offseason was picking up acquisitions from other players uh the draft and how they well did in the draft g we'll start with you who do you think improved the most well it's obviously the packers right (laughs) 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 no well for me um i love what the chiefs did i love what they did i mean we saw that super bowl they had an unhealthy offensive line and that offensive line got absolutely obliterated by that Bucks pass rush. I mean, three to four man rushes. They didn't have to blitz. They went out, they revamped that offensive line through trades. They gave up their first round pick and they, um, you know, get a nice stud left tackle from uh, Baltimore. Um, I think it was Orlando Brown. I'm pretty sure. You know, I know people think he's a little older, but, you know, he's a great left tackle. I think that um, – Orlando Brown's 24. Yeah. Oh, is he 24? I don't yeah, know. he's still young. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, not, not old. People thought that his play wasn't as good last year. My mistake. Um, just people kind of snippeting thought they maybe over-traded, you know, giving up a first-rounder for him. I like it. I like them protecting Mahomes. I think that um, that revamped offensive line, you know, they had a solid draft. They bring back, um, you know, their core, healthy, you know, Tyreek, Kelsey, Mahomes, McCole Harmon maybe makes another step. Um, I like what they did, and I think that it's going to be um, tougher the AFC or anybody to knock them off if these guys stay healthy, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them at a third straight Super Bowl. So I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, nice, G. Uh, Matt, who do you think? I got to go with the Cleveland Browns, baby. Uh, they obviously address a huge need in the secondary. They acquired John Johnson from the Rams at safety, one of the best in the league. Troy Hill, a slot corner from the Rams as well. And like that was a big need they had. And then they're going to obviously get uh, – and then they drafted uh, Ozzie Newsom as well in the draft, I should say. Put him, put him the opposite of, uh, of Denzel Ward. Like that's going to be a tough – Tough team to throw on, and then obviously you're going to get get Greedy Williams back, Grant Delpit back. So that secondary, they're they're all set there. Obviously, they acquired uh, Jadavian Clowney as well, put him opposite Miles Garrett. Ooh, that front line, they're going they're going to get a lot of sacks this year. And obviously, obviously they got their receiving quarterback. They got Higgins back. OBJ will be back from injury, and then they still got Hooper and Joku at tight end, and obviously. As I point out many times, the best offensive line in the league. So Baker's Baker's got his work cut out for him. He's got the he's got the team around him. So this year, he has no excuses. No, no. yeah, he does not. 
Brian, real quick, I just want to say before I forgot to mention, um, for the Chiefs, their first two picks, second rounders and third rounders, uh, Nick Bolton, the Missouri linebacker, and Creed Humphrey, those guys are probably going to be day one starters, and I think those are steals. So I know I mentioned briefly the draft, but I think you know combining with their draft and what they've acquired to protect Mahomes, I just wanted to like make sure that was out there. Also, the fifth rounder, Duke tight end Noah Gray. Don't be surprised if he makes contributions this year as well. Yeah, you know. Good. Uh, yeah, that's good, G. Now, my team most improved this, this offseason, I feel it, it was the Jets. We struggled last year uh, with Sam Darnold at quarterback. I'm not blaming him, just blaming the Jets organization. But the, I think they were able to pick up this offseason and get some pieces, which really helped, uh, I think, drafting Zach Wilson, help him get the, uh, the weapons that he needs to produce a better offense. So we traded Sam to the Panthers for a 2021 first round pick, uh, 2022 second round pick and uh, two fourth round picks. I feel like that was a little too much that the Panthers gave, but Hey, we got it. Uh, we signed Vinny Curry, uh, D, uh, defensive end. Uh, we signed Carl Lawson, uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, Sheldon rankings, Tyler Croft, LaMarcus Joyner, Keenan Cole, Dan Feeney, uh, Gerard Davis, Corey Davis, and um, Justin Hardy. So I feel like we picked up pieces for the defense and the offense side. Uh, I thought our defense was pretty good last year. I think it just got a little bit better. I think we added more pieces for experience to help the young guys like Quinn and Williams. And uh, hopefully we get C.J. Mosley to come back. I feel like the Jets' defense will get back to when we were at, at 2009 and – 2009 and 2010, where we made those uh, AFC championship runs. And I feel like we added Corey Davis, a great threat uh, on the outside as a receiver. I liked him coming out of college. I liked him playing in Tennessee. Uh, He really stepped up over the last two years for Tennessee. We got Keenan Cole from the Jaguars. Speedy guy, tall guy. I think he'll help out uh, with experience with Mims. And then we have Jameson Crowder, who's a, uh, a veteran guy. He'll help out Zach Wilson in the ranks. We got Tevin Coleman as a running back from the Falcons. He's, uh, he ran the uh, offense with um, Shanahan. So I feel like we have the pieces to explode an offense. And we have Robert Sala and the defense to really bind it down. So I have optimistic for the Jets, but you just never know. Also, Ryan, I loved uh, some of your draft picks. I know you uh... – Yep. Trade some capital to get Elijah Vera Tucker, but that's a, arguably the best guard in the draft. Dude's yep. going to be and a day one starter. I forgot we got Elijah Moore in the second round as a receiver. Fantastic. I yep. want him for Green Bay. And also, well, keep an eye on your fourth-round pick, Michael Carter from uh, North yes. Carolina, the running back. Guy can play. And I think he, you know, he – you know, don't be surprised if he, get, if he uh, climbs up that depth chart fairly quickly. So, mm-hmm. I really, you know, between those signings and the draft, I like what you guys are doing. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Joe Douglas has put the Jets in the right direction, which is good. This is what we needed. All right, moving on. So some big news from the NFL. Tim Tebow uh, to the Jaguars. Oh, He's got connections with Urban Meyer. What's your guys' opinions on this? Let's start with you, G. Uh, Listen, I'm not trying to deny anybody. You know, a shot to play. And honestly, like, listen, you know, 
Good for Tebow. Don't get me wrong. I mean, what is he, 33 years old? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he hasn't played football in, like, several years. I mean, listen, I, to be honest with you, me, this is a money grab for the Jaguars. I mean, the guy's a fan favorite down in Florida. I know he has a connection with Urban Meyer, but he's a guy that, you know, they can sell tickets if he's on the roster. I don't even think he's really going to contribute. Not to say the dude can't play ball, but when you take a layoff that long and then you want to switch positions on top of it, I just don't really see what he's going to do. I mean, this is me. To me, it's a ploy to sell some more tickets. It's all about profits with this. You know, Tebow is still popular for some reason, even today. Great guy. Don't get me wrong. Great guy. I mean, people still love talking about his, you know, playoff run, quote unquote, with Denver when they started one and four and. He was two for 15 and somehow winning games, you know, go figure. But And Matt Prey was kicking cross-county field goals. Dude's a gamer, don't get me wrong. I just don't see how he is going to contribute to the Jaguars. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Matt? This is disappointing. Uh, this is clearly a popularity contest. It's to get people in the seats, make profit. And uh, obviously, he's actually from Jacksonville. I have a family who lived there. I apologize to them. That from that live in Jacksonville and are huge Tebow fans. So if you're listening to this, I apologize, but I have to say this: this is clearly to get more attention to the team. And not and Bart Scott said something on Get Up ESPN this morning that was interesting. As, and he's saying, "quote I think it's a shame that he's coming back and he's taking the opportunity from a young kid that's played the position his entire life and dreamed for an opportunity." So I get it. Like, he's taking away, like, other people's opportunities who have actually played the position their entire lives. And like you pointed out, G, he's going to be 34 in August. He hasn't played an NFL game in close to 10 years. So, so I don't know how this is exactly going to work, especially since he's switching positions. But to me, my prediction is I don't even think he makes a, he makes a roster. I think he's going to get cut uh, or get – get the most of practice squad at the end of training camp what about you ryan uh yeah it's a it's a interesting topic um irv meyer former coach of tim tebow played in college i feel like that there's a connection there um but you know i, I watched a little video on jimmy smith uh a legend of the jaguars number 82 play receiver um uh, back in the early, late 90s and early 2000s right great player yeah. yeah, Jimmy Smith. Yeah, and you know they asked his opinion on it, and he was like ecstatic about it. Yeah, it's going to bring in some uh, tickets and some jersey sales, um, but he said that Tebow is a great person to be around, a great motivator, likes to be competitive, uh, will be uh, good for the locker room, which I definitely agree. But you're right; he's been out of the game for a long time. You're switching positions from a tight end. I know that he'll be in shape to get there, but I don't know if he'll be what Urban Meyer is looking for. I think, yeah, he'll maybe be that, maybe those like wild card. You you never know what Urban Meyer is up to. He uh, he's always uh, when he was coaching in college, he uh, coached the the spread offense uh, with a little option, so they might throw Tebow in there maybe once or twice. I don't know, but it's gonna be interesting. Uh, come come uh, training camp and come pre- preseason, what they want to do with him. I, 
I think I agree with you, Matt. I don't think he'll make the 53-man roster, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Uh, yeah. Just because, you know, Urban Meyer loves him to death. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to go on top of what you said, Ryan, uh, yeah. I think a lot of people think he's going to do what Taysom Hill does in, in New Orleans, like be that wildcat option, that mm. athletic guy who can throw a little bit. But at the same time, I one, I don't think he's as athletic as Taysom Hill, and two, He's 34 years old. Like, like is he as athletic as he was when he was in Denver? Like, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, he did. He was baseball training, so baseball training and football training are very different. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, move on to the NBA. Uh, we are wrapping down, wrapping up the regular season, and uh, we got the playoffs coming up next week. <sighs> Gee, Matt, I know your Celtics are struggling. Uh, I know you guys want to have a lot to talk about that. Let's, uh, let's throw it over you guys. Matt? Uh, there's actually not a lot to talk about in terms of the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. uh, they just lost three in a row. I predicted they would get swept by the Heat. I did not think they would lose to the Cavaliers. <laughs> and, um, and I predicted last week, I thought they were going to lose in the playing game to the Hornets and then lose to the Wizards and going to the lottery and you know what i kind of hope that that happens because if they somehow do make the playoffs there's no chance they're beating brooklyn or philadelphia and and once they get into that offseason i think they're gonna have to make a lot of changes i think it's gonna start with coaching i think they need a new voice and i think they're gonna have to try to trade away some of their key pieces like marcus smart and kemba walker and just try to build around build a fresh pieces around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. What do you think, G? Well, um, the playing tournament is pretty much locked in. Now, it can kind of maneuver who might be home, who might be away. But I believe the Knicks already clinched the playoff spot, like at the lowest of six seats. So it's looking likely it's going to be Boston, Charlotte, and, you know, Indiana, Washington, not whoever has home, you know, court for those games, you know, Barring, you know, teams win the rest, win out or whatever. That's what it's going to look like. But, I mean, for Boston, it's been a disappointing, uh, disappointing season. I mean, I know we've had some issues and whatnot, but I've, I want to reiterate my disappointment with uh, coaching and management. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even see the sense of urgency. We've, well, you've dropped four straight. You mentioned us losing to the Cavs. It just seems like the team itself is kind of, you know, I don't want to say the word mailed it in, but they look disinterested. You know, I mean, I mean, I think Jalen Brown getting hurt probably sucks some life out of the team. I mean, it feels like they go into the huddle every time they play in a game and going, you know, uh, what those guys on TNT, Chuck and uh, Kenny used to say, uh, Cabo on three. <laughs> when they would be uh, getting ready to go on vacation, it just looks like these guys are ready to be um, to be over it. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if they lost their playing game to Charlotte, if that's who they play, um, and then they immediately drop the next one, um, and then they just don't make the playoffs. So, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, the matchups in terms of other playoff games are very interesting. Um, you know, I think everyone's going to be interested to see what New York is going to do. If they can possibly make a, make a semi run, um, but yeah, 
I mean, I don't know. Boston, I I have no words for them. <laughs> Just disappointment. Yeah, I mean, the last time I saw it, they were 35 and 31, and now they're 35 and 35. I'm just, I feel like, you know, the vibe right there is just, they're just drifting off, and uh, it's not looking too well. I mean, what Matt has told me with injuries now, with um, Jalen Brown and Kimba, it just doesn't look like there's an upside for the Boston Celtics. All right, Um, and now we wanted to talk about the Lakers, so let's talk about the Lakers. Uh, they are 40 and 30, which is not bad. They're at the seventh seed right now. Uh, but I see that they won the last three, which is good, but you guys have other thoughts. Let's, uh, let's voice your thoughts. G Matt. All right. Um, I'll start. Um, yeah, they won three straight. I think, um, it would behoove the Lakers if they could avoid the playing game, but you know, LeBron and AD being banged up, still, you know, I don't know what the right call is. I mean, do you rest them and get them ready for a playing game? Or, you know, I don't don't know what they should do. But, you know, um, it's always good to win. You know, winning and they're winning. They've won three straight, like you mentioned, Rye. And, you know, the team, I guess, is trending in the right direction. But let me tell you something. The teams below them. Golden State and Memphis have both won four in a row. So, those guys are trending well, too. So, um, for the Lakers' sake, they're, let's see, they're half a game behind Portland, but they're down on the head-to-head series of Portland. So, it's going to be tough, but for their sake, they should hope not to be in a play-on game. And more than winning streaks right now, I think more important is making sure LeBron and AD are healthy going into the playoffs and if they have to sit or maybe get limited minutes do that even if it's going to suffer make the team suffer for a bit you gotta let it be done you know and as long as they can get healthy you know LeBron and AD they can win one out of two playing games and you know the Lakers whether they're a seventh or eighth seed they can beat anybody if they're healthy so I think health is the most important thing for them right now yeah so I talked to you guys about this. Uh, if I were the Lakers, I might try to tank for the eighth seed because if they go to six seed, they would have to play Clippers with a gimpy LeBron and AD. And I think, in my opinion, after Lakers went fully healthy, the Clippers are the second best team in the West. So that's a team I would want to avoid. And then if they, if they end up in the seventh seed, they would have to play Phoenix. And with Chris Paul revamping that team and a live town with Devin Booker, you got Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton is, is an ascending center. Like, and then you got Jay Crowder, who's a, who's a pest on defense. Like, that is not a team I would want to face in the first round either. So if, they, so if they get the eighth seed, they would play Utah Jazz, who I think even with the 50 to 75% LeBron and AD, I think they should be able to beat Utah handily. I don't think Utah Utah has that, that credential to beat the Lakers. But but what the Lakers should do, I think they should they should rest LeBron and A D for the last two games and uh and start playing them in the playing games against the Golden State Warriors. 
Yeah, man, that's interesting. They can. O- I'm looking at the the, uh, the standings right now. They can only get the seventh seed. That's the lowest they can get because the Memphis Grizzlies are 37, 33, and the Lakers are 40 and 30. If they the Memphis wins the next two games, the only uh, they can only get to 39 and 33. So right now they're at seventh. They're about a game and a half behind Portland. Lakers have. Let's see who they have next. They have the Pacers and the Pelicans. They could win two and get to the sixth seed. Yeah, they, they face the Clippers, but at least they're out of the play, playing game. Now, I do like the let's just rest AD and LeBron. Let's get them ready for the playoffs because they can definitely survive the playing games and have them uh, be ready for the Clippers. It's interesting to see. Um, you know, I hope the best for the Lakers going down the stretch. I do like LeBron. I'm a big LeBron fan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's interesting to see. Golden State and Memphis, that's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see who uh, gets that um, eighth or ninth seed because then they either have to play uh, San Antonio for the uh, playing game. So, yeah. Yeah, good call, Ryan, actually, um, knowing how little games remain. Mm-hmm. Lakers and um, San Antonio are locked in. Um, San Antonio is locked in 10th. And yep. the Lakers, the lowest they can get is seventh. Yep. So if the Lakers don't move up, it's basically whether the Lakers play the Warriors or the Grizzlies. So, yep. you know, since both those teams have the same records. Correct. Yep. So it'd be interesting. All right. I think that's about does it for today. Uh, had a blast talking with you guys about the NFL and the NBA. How about you guys? How'd you guys feel? Hey, always a pleasure getting together. And talking with you guys, you know, we love our sports, so. You know, I agree with you, G. Yeah, it's, always, man, I, it's always fun being with you guys, talking about sports. Love it, man. You know, and, I'm happy to be doing this with you guys. And we'll be pl- talking about plenty of sports in the future, and I can't wait for that. Yes, sir. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening to 3 Guy Game Sports Podcast. Uh, I was your host, Ryan. G, Matt, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, Make sure you guys subscribe to our channel and like our podcast, and we'll see you next time. All right, everyone, have a good one. Take care.